everybody. Welcome back to Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. It feels so good to say that again. And you know, like an intro is an intro. And I just feel like that's just my vibe. I have to say that it gets me it gets me ready. It gets me going like five minutes or five, five minutes, five seconds before I press record. I'm like, what am I gonna say? And then I press it and I hear my intro and I'm just like, oh, I love it. And for a minute, I was like, am I still going to like, it's like, is my intro still relevant? Is it still current? Does it still feel good? It's so good to be back. It's so good to be on this microphone and have these headphones on and be sitting here. It just feels so great. But yes, I, so I am starting to kind of conceptualize just new branding for like this new era of Mad Yet Mighty, because this is a totally different era. I'm just going to go out and start off by saying that. Um, So what am I doing? Where am I? So I'm still in the lovely state of South Carolina, the hot ass state of South Carolina. Um, Columbia, I live in Columbia, the capital city of South Carolina. I was living in a suburb out on the lake, the big lake that we have in South Carolina, Lake Murray. I mean, it was very like, it was, it was just perfect. I had a, we had a huge pool literally on the lake could walk there could see it what and whenever I walked my dog daily we were walking around the lake it was just really beautiful very like serene very nature there's palm trees I mean it was just stunning but I just I felt very isolated and I felt very like I felt very alone out there and I'd never lived on like a third floor of a building and like that had some elements to it and I couldn't really see outside because my like apartment overlooked the pool which was fun but then like I don't know it started to mess with my psyche that like I couldn't get outside fast and like quick and couldn't see it it just it that even kind of felt even more isolating um and then really weirdly enough like right as I kind of a couple months before I moved out um I know this is really dark but I mean nothing's off here and this is the truth and the honest truth so help me god but there were I don't know if I should say okay well it's too late now um there were two suicides that happened and um on in my building uh on the floor above me so that like put a really funky weird juju in me and I was like I gotta get out of here and it was in January and I was moving out it was January and I was moving out February um and I moved to a town called I moved basic I, I moved to downtown so 20 minutes like I was living 20 minutes out or like almost 25 27 minutes out which doesn't seem like a lot but like you're never I was never coming to downtown I was never here the only time I'd come to downtown was Sunday mornings for church and then if I'd random like ra- very randomly seldomly was I ever coming um, now I'm living literally in downtown Columbia I'm living in Casey which is like the town in the zip code but it's like which is nice because it makes things obviously a little bit more affordable living downtown when you don't have like the Columbia um, zip code and anyways like I'm not I'm not I don't know if I'm like super into like living in a downtown kind of vibe, like high rat like there's no green and there's no grass like the cool thing about like the Carolina like cities like even in uh, North Carolina and Asheville and in Columbia it's very green like even downtown there's trees everywhere like lining the streets and like palm trees and just it just very is it's very plush and it kind of adds this cool kind of very I don't know it's just like a very different feel and vibe to like a to like a downtown kind of area um but I still don't I still don't know if like living right smack dab downtown is for me so I mean I'm 
a couple of minutes from like the heart of the city. And I actually, my apartment complex, so Columbia is on a river. It's on the Congaree River, if I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. And I look, my apartment complex sits on a hill that overlooks the river. So I've exchanged the lake for the river and we see like downtown. And then my little bridge is, takes me right over and I'm right there. And it's like, it's just the most amazing setup. And it feels more like, it feels more like what I'm used to living in Cincinnati and what made me happy. I'm, I just know that like convenience and quickness and having things around is just important to me and like the energy and seeing people and seeing people my age and I just felt like I had gone out to die gone out to pasture to die with I mean and God love these people but with you know the drunks and the retirees out on the lake and you know I am 30 and um, a single fabulous woman and not saying that there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with either of those things if that's the way you, if that's what you're living and that's your truth but uh that's not my truth <laughs> so um, I'm like I gotta I gotta scram like even when I was on dating apps like I was picking up like the people out there and like wasn't picking up people in the city and I was just like oh my god this is so not it's just so not me and nothing was happening nothing was coming from it was just some weird folks so anyways that's where I'm at um I am in my um have been in my new apartment I've moved in February and it has been just the most absolute I mean I can't even describe to you how different I feel I am like like I was happy and like because I was there are so many other things in my life that I was happy about like the move made me happy like I was just happy another thing like I was in a new environment but like that's like that newness started to fade and I started to look at literally like where I was and where I was living and it just like it it I didn't really realize like how it was weird it was like because I wasn't thinking about it every day but I I clearly like leaving and now being in my new place I'm more comfortable I can definitely tell that my dog is more comfortable Carsey is loving it it just, it just feels right. It's so crazy, the difference and, and the difference in me. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been great, you know? And when people ask me like how I'm doing and how life is, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest and I feel really good saying this, but like I genuinely, when I get asked that question, I mean, I, I can't always say that I felt this way, even like last year. I mean, last year was, and, and, and maybe yes, like in, I was happy in certain ways. And I've been working on this like overall sense of peace and happiness now for the last couple years, like within me, like I've been on this healing journey of really taking responsibility for myself, my actions, my feelings, my thoughts, and trying to become like the most just like whole person happy person that I can possibly be and I feel like you know notch by notch layer by layer we're getting there uh I I I feel like we all are never going to be like I don't think we're ever all going to be like just completely and maybe we will I guess I just have a belief that there's just always more like there's always a deeper like peace a deeper inner peace that we can have more like a deeper inner like inner happiness that we could have. So I think like when we're in these different phases we're experiencing this but like I, I can so like currently 
when people ask me how I'm doing or how life is, I, and this is crazy to say, but like I genuinely smile and say like, it's going really good. I, I actually started back, started back in therapy in December, December. And I've been in and out of therapy my whole life. I've had different therapists. Um, I've seen psychiatrists. I, I've, and it's it's a hard thing finding one that you ma- like you mesh with and that you actually feel like you're getting treated by and that one that feels like and having one where you feel like you're heard and understood. And this uh, this my ther- my therapist currently was referred to me by a uh, friend of mine from my Bible study group and I've started and like the whole mission and concept and idea of their practice uh, is just phenomenal and it is very much of like what I believe like I believe that there's different parts of like wellness and it's like a mind and it's a body and it's a spiritual thing Um, I love my therapist she has completely 100% changed my life in just a matter of mere months um, I've, it, it, I truly attribute everything that has turned around in my life in, in, inside, like not outside, like, cause I don't want people to get confused because like, you know, I like things are going and things are happening. Like I have, I've been loving life. I've been happy where I'm living, you know, been happy, been doing well in my job, like loving loving youth ministry and and just and just loving health and just movement and just keeping myself as just doing the best I can for myself every single day and just finding peace and joy and like just enjoying my life day to day to day but I can truly attribute this just like well one I have to have to also add in here that I got off birth control which I feel like changed changed the game for me um, changed the game, changed my like mental fog game. It's crazy. And I know that I probably can't live this way forever. I don't know, but I know that right now it's what I'm doing and I can, for for ladies, I mean, I don't know what your situation is, but wow. I mean, I haven't not been on it in like the last 10 years. So it's, it's, it's created this like uplifting. Like, I just feel like it's that. So that is a huge thing. I need to also like add that in there. That's huge. Um, but I have to just completely can like attribute everything that's been happening to my therapist and to, and to God. I mean, seriously, like the combination, um, and quite specifically within therapy, I'm doing something that I've never done before. We're doing a treatment, um, treatment that I had never heard of and had never really had a therapist want to do like actual treat like treat like different treatments with me instead of just talk therapy I've always just done talk therapy and talk therapy I think is amazing it's effective it helps for me talking helps me process but what I desperately needed was to really go back and there and and we all have them what I really needed was to go back and address certain moments in my life that caused me And I'm going to use this word and I don't want everyone to freak out and panic and like, because this word, I feel like it it can be confusing and I think it can mean different things and and have different levels of what it means. So when anything happens to you that actually creates like a shock and disrupts 
your nervous, like your entire system, like it's, it's trauma. So like trauma can like any kind of shock, any kind of emotional shock, any kind of physical shock, any kind of anything that can happen to the body that, that is, that causes any kind of disruption in mood, in like a physical being, in anything, it, this is trauma. And there's big T's and there's little T's, you know. So not all trauma. I know when we think of trauma, we think of like, oh, the trauma room. We think of ER. We think of like bloody. We think of, you know, maybe a car accident or somebody being like a, in, a, in an abusive situation or um, – and that's not, yes, that is trauma, but there is also different, there's different categories and there's different types of trauma. And we have, everyone has this in their lives. Everyone has moments where they can go back to and like, remember, like, so what, so what can happen is trauma can linger inside the body and in the mind, and it can affect our health for years, for years. And so like, trauma is just not in somebody's head. Like it, it, quite literally leaves a real physical imprint on our body and what happens is is it jars our memory storage processes and it changes it changes the brain I mean this is fact this is science so when we have this untreated trauma and this jarring that has happened to that specific memory and how it was stored and how it was processed think of it as like a tube or okay I'm gonna this I'm gonna try to like paint this picture how my therapist painted it for me think of like like a gas line or any kind of line or any kind of thing where like stuff like flows through like this clear tube and think of like a little like a trauma happening in your life and so that in your brain quite literally in your brain and it creates almost like a little blockage in this tube and stuff cannot flow so like that's what happens when it when your memory storage process has been changed so like there's actually this like blockage in the brain and it can have a major impact on any kind of future health it can have major impact on your physical health on your emotional health mental health um it can i mean it can quite literally like have physical reactions that it can trigger it can make you more prone to heart to any certain kind of health conditions heart attack stroke obesity diabetes cancer and this is all this is all according to Harvard Medical Research that I've journal. Um, so I have, and as we all do, there were specific there are specific just things that I that had happened to me that I still had not properly processed because of that kind of traumatic experience where it it just kind of like emotionally just completely disrupted me and I kind of, and I shut down. So, and these moments were carefully, you know, they're moments that I kind of always, you know, we have these moments in our life. There's a couple of them, big ones, and then there's medium ones and small ones. But there are these moments in these memories that I always go back to. We always go back to and we always think about. And it's, those are, those are the memories because they're still living. It's like, they're still there. They're still real. They're still open because they haven't been properly processed. So my therapist introduced this to me, and now we did not start off with EMDR. So EMDR actually stands for, which is the procedure, and it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. 
And so it's a form of psychotherapy and it was developed by Francine Shapiro in the 1980s and was actually originally designed to alleviate the distress that was associated with traumatic memories. And it was really used at first for um, PTSD patients. And they really, um, this really came to light where they were using this with um, like war veterans and they were using this with anyone in like, like first, like the first line of defense, um, police officers and whatnot, but a lot of war veterans who would have just these traumatic, you know, memories that they haven't been able to process. And that's where they really started to see like this, like this works. So it's an eight-step process. Um, And again, like my therapist and I just didn't start off doing this. Like we had many, many sessions of just normal talk therapy where we mapped out my life and mapped out the areas where I'm still like, that are still open and that are still causing me to feel certain ways in my current life. So just to kind of get really like open (laughs) and specific Um, And I know I've talked about this on this podcast before, and I truly believe that it's something that every single person struggles with. I have very big issues with self-worth and um, confidence stemming from what I believe I'm worthy of and what I deserve and my self-worth. And um, I have an anxious attachment style, which also stems from past relationships that have, you know, certain kind of traumas in my past relationships, which I do believe has affected the way that I've, you know, had had been dating post those relationships. So there's a lot of things that I've been wanting to work on to just become the most, the best version of myself, the most healthiest version of myself for me. And for that day when I meet my future partner, like I, and then when we have kids, like I want to be, I want to be healed so that I can really, truly just care I, I I can make sure that the legacy that I'm going to leave behind is is strong and that we have we don't have generally generational curses because of the traumas that I haven't healed in my life so I've done now three EMDR sessions so there are eight steps um, and there's different like it's a whole it's a whole proceed like it's a whole thing um, and there's like forms. And so my therapist takes me through like, we have like a history t- taking where again, like we've like mapped out these certain points in my life that we're going to go back and kind of reopen. Um, there's the preparation, there's the assessment where we, she, my therapist asked me questions prior and we go back to the memory and we rate how it feels still to this day. Um, and then there is the actual desensitization where I'm holding Um, I have paddles in each hand and they vibrate and flash. And then I also have headphones on and it's a clicking noise and it's going, it's going back and forth from my right hand to my left hand and my right ear to my left ear. Um, There's also flashing lights and it quite literally gets your eyes and your brain going into this processing mode. It's almost kind of similar to what your eyes do when you're in REM sleep cycle, when they're kind of going back and forth, you can feel your brain actually like that when it's, when those sides of you are being triggered, like you feel like your eyes and kind of brain like start to twitch and your eyes are closed. Um, and then you go into like a body scan and then you go into like the installation, like the installation, which is going back to you literally replaying the memory and like you're stopping and you're speaking it out and then you're and then turning those you know 
paddles and noises and headphones back on and you're going back in the memory and you're watching it, you're watching it, you're watching it. And each time you stop and start, it's like these, it's, it's so interesting what happens. It's like these new things kind of start to come to the surface and you have like this new feeling, you have like this new thought and like you quite literally like work through like something that you were so stuck on and like you couldn't get over, like you work through it and then you replace it with a positive cognition about that circumstance and then you close it up and then it's, it's, it's so crazy. Um, like these memories that I would still have that would like, I would start talking about them and they would trigger me and they would trigger me in a way that I would instantly start crying about them. And then I would go through the EMDR process and then it was weird. It was like when I was getting to the end, it was like I went from feeling like a, like a pain on still like a 10 scale to literally feeling nothing. And I even said that in, in one of my EMDR sessions, I was like, I I feel nothing about this anymore. Like I don't have anything. I have, I have nothing. It was because the memory I had fully processed it and I had replaced it with a cognitive, cognitive, positive cognitive, um, thought and closed it. And it was actually able. So then like those little, those little blockages in the line I was talking about earlier, they actually move and they're not there anymore. And your brain can then work properly and it, it, it changes, it changes you And like I said, I've had three sessions and I can honestly say that like I, three sessions of EMDR, not a therapy. Like I said, I've been going to therapy since (laughs) December, but, um, it's been so amazing and I'm just so, I'm like so grateful and so happy that I've gotten here and that I'm doing it and going to keep doing it. But if you are, if you're someone, I, I mean, I want to take this time to say like therapy is not a bad thing. Therapy is not weird. Therapy is not like, doesn't mean that like I am some like crazy, like disorderly person who like is, is messed up. Like therapy is strictly something to help people just process and to speak through. And it's just everyday things that if you don't know how or can't or, or just need to like have that third party view of like just helping you like work through certain patterns and certain um, old like old traumas and old things that are holding you back from being like the best version of yourself. I mean, it is one of the best. It's one of the best things to do. And like everyone, I think everyone should go. Even if you don't think if you don't think you need it, you're probably the person that needs it the most. Let's just let's just say that. So things have been really well and I've been feeling really like mentally really good and I wake up in the morning and you know I there was a long period of time where like I'd wake up in the morning and it would take every bit of me just to like I was it was almost like an like a every bit of my day I was like inside like keep it up keep it up you got this you got this you got this like you can do it like think positive like you like you have so many things like it was just always like I felt like I was always trying to reinforce myself and like restabilize myself because I just always had this underlying feeling of just kind of like meh like meh and you know that is not completely gone, but I feel very different. And I feel like my disposition is even lighter and my disposition just like with myself is better. And I think that has a lot to do with just like picking up and moving and like working on myself and changing and changing my life. So that's where I am with all of that. Um, and just kind of what I've been doing recently as far as, I mean, let's get into like the nitty gritty as far as like dating goes. Cause I know that, you know, come on, like everyone's probably curious. I think I would think, um, 
dating is wild, y'all. I just have to say that. Um, and again, I've talked about it on this podcast before, you know, my dating history and how I've used apps. I've used apps, dating apps for a very long time. My last two serious relationships were from dating apps. So like I've been using dating apps before dating apps were cool. Like I was doing it when like it was weird and like you didn't want to talk about it. Like you lied how you met. Like I, like I said, my last two relationships, long-term serious relationships were from dating apps and one was three years and one was a year. So like, I mean, I know that they can work, but I think dating apps have changed drastically since even that point of time to now. Dating apps used to literally be a place where like you were seeking out, like you were going to find somebody to be in a relationship and like you were seeking it out and like it wasn't, it wasn't really like a social media app where now it's like a game. Now it's literally is like that pleasure and that reward system, the swiping. It's very different. And I feel like culture and dating culture has changed um, just with trends and social media trends and culture trends and now these dating apps and how just, again, how they're triggering and using our like pleasure systems in our brain and our reward systems of like sweeping, swiping, getting the yeses, getting that like instant dopamine hit. It literally creates like this addictive just like all social media does it creates this addictive dependency on them and I you know used and used and used dating apps I've been on all of them I've been on Bumble I've been on Hinge and I just was starting to not see really healthy patterns with me and I wasn't seeing healthy patterns in the guys and it was just turned into and it seemed like the guy now again this is probably because like you know dating is like a weird mirror like it makes you look in the mirror and it makes you like okay what am I doing that is like contributing to this what is this person doing um but dating I really had to get real and after the last kind of little like three month thing that I had with this I was I don't even know if we were dating or what it was like with this guy who was completely emotionally unavailable but I was like oh, he's great and he has this and this and like we hang out and da 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 da. Like after that, I kind of just like was like, you know what? I like deleted all the apps and I was like, I need to be, I'm, I'm done with these right now. Like they're not good. Like you get on them and like you match with people and then like nobody like ever like messages. And then if you do match with somebody and you like send a hey, like they never respond or like you'll, you know, go on. It's like the whole, you know, you go on a couple of dates with them and then like they ghost you. Like I had, there was a couple of mo- like, and not all of them because like I you know was obviously like, going on dates and like had been hanging out with certain like w- certain guys for like kind of a period of time and but there'd be ones where like you'd go on a few dates and then they just like don't even like you just never hear from them again which is just such and it takes everything in that moment to not put it on you but like what you have to get very sub- you have to get very subjective and you have to like really kind of you have to be good in yourself to really like do this dating app thing because like it can you can take it very personally and it can be very crushing and you don't understand and you don't have answers and you never will and you, you never do and you never will so I just knew that after my last little like kind of whatever you call it fling that it I just triggered me a lot because I there was just a lot of toxic behavior and by toxic behavior I mean like the hot and cold like I'd be like love bombed by guys they'd come out the gate and they like blew me up all day long and like were like very like just very forward and like very kind of like just seemed like so beyond into me and then like would completely be like a 180 
and it just was it's just as confusing and it's like game playing and I didn't really in that moment like once I'm triggered like that and where like a guy is like lays it on and then completely like pulls it away but then is like still kind of like texting and wanting to like hang but not like but has told you I mean this that fling that I'm referring to like straight up told me that he wasn't sure if he could like commit emotionally but like wasn't seeing other people it was weird I was just like okay and like I it just was bad so I it was the it was the step that I needed to get off them just completely and I kind of made this promise to myself that I was like I'm gonna work on because I had like this very like this is the end like it's it's I'm only gonna find something or someone through a dating app and I started to have this mentality that like without the dating apps I wasn't gonna find anyone and I was like okay I've got to break that because there is a whole world out there and it is not on dating apps so I have not been back on since did I get rid of them in February January February March yeah I think I got rid of them in February I have not been on dating apps since and I have been on multiple dates with multiple guys and it has been the coolest, most amazing experience for me because I went from like not knowing because, okay, let me just also lay this out. Like I don't ever get just like walked up to and approached by guys. Like that's just not something that happens for me. Um, I mean, I, and I'm not just saying that to be like, Ooh, like, like, no, like men do not approach me. Like they don't come up and ask for my number. They don't come up and start talking to me. Like, and I'm a very like, fun happy-go-lucky like bubbly person but like it just has never happened it just doesn't it has never happened so I kind of was like in this weird like confused place of like I was like do I need to approach guys do I stay on these dating apps like how like what do I need to do and essentially I kind of just again through therapy and like reflection and working on myself and just like building this like healing and building this confidence I just have kind of unlocked this new level where like I'm not afraid to like open the open the door you don't have to like be the pursuer but I'm not afraid to like open the door with guys just like out in the wild and like whether it's at the dog park or whether it's like just out or whether it's like when you're waiting in line at DQ and there's a hot guy in front of you like starting up conversation like that is that is quite literally the only way that you're going to meet somebody like talking to all the singles out there like it's literally the only way you have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself out there. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be creepy. You're just putting yourself out there as like a normal, fun, kind of lighthearted person and conversation starts. And then like, you know, you have to, you have to just open the door for possibilities. And that's what I've started to do. And I mean, I've like, I've been on more dates. I've been on more dates like now than like I had when I was on the freaking app. <laughs> so it's crazy. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I am in my, um, that's like the dating 101 of what's happening right now. And I'll maybe like, and so just to like preface, not preface, <laughs> I'm getting a little fumbly dumbly over my words, but like, for instance, and like, I don't really have any like current, I do have current dating stories, but I feel like they're a little too close to the close to like talk about yet on on here um but let's just say that like I mean what was it like four different guys like in the last like where I was going on had you know I've gone out like multiple times with you know different different of them and 
I think that's another thing that you that happens when you know that you're changing and you're healing and you're getting more into yourself and you're and you're getting into more of like a positive like non um, I'm also a recovering people pleaser so I'm trying to heal that as well and I realize that I'm healing when like I'm looking at these guys and I'm like no like no I'm sorry this is just not gonna work like I'm not I'm not going along with it so like I have to also look at that as wins too, because like I'm going out on dates, but it's just like not, it's not doing it for me. And like, there's a couple of like contenders, but like they also need to kind of like, you know, pull up their big boy pants and like kind of be a man and like take, 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 take the reins here. So kind of working with that, um, still creating just like this open energy and like allowing things to flow my way. And again, like I'm very good and I'm very, like, I'm very, I'm very content in my singleness because I have learned and I have come to come to conclusion that there is a reason that I am in this season, baby. There is a reason for the season and I don't want to waste my reason and my purpose in this season, wasting it away on wishing I was in something when I'm not. Like, I, there is nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with you if you are not in a relationship, if you're not married or if you're not engaged or if you don't, or it, whatever. Like, if you are single, there is absolutely like, I know that the world makes you feel like there's something wrong with you, but I'm going to tell you there is nothing, there is literally nothing wrong with you. Like, there's actually so much that you can do when you're alone and when you have to, you have to, I mean, and I know people are like, that's just like what people say, but it's like, no, like, I have so much freedom to do whatever, whenever I want. I have an amazing, like, I do whatever I want. If, if I want to go here, if I want to go there, if I want to go to town for the weekend, if I, I mean, want to go to the pool, if I want to eat this for dinner, if I want to watch this, like I live the life that I want to live. And again, I'm just very much focused right now on like, what is my purpose right now? And I'm going to just throw myself into that. And I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with that, but I will keep you too. I will keep you in check. Um, I have my eyes on, I have my eyes on someone, um, Again, not to like date, and I've also kind of unlocked this level of like, you got to play the friend. You got to play the friend. You got to get in there the friend way. And then like, that's when the magic happens. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But yeah, so just like in summary, I'm saying no to toxic avoidant boys and trusting my gut. Literally hardcore trusting my gut. And the second that I get a feeling that a guy has flipped on me, bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Like, I don't even want to rehash and I honestly don't even want to give it like the time and the like the time and the attention. But like I don't have time. I don't have freaking time for for guys who have no intention of like putting the money where their mouth is. And I have no time for guys who are gonna waste my time. <laughs> Which like happens. And again, I feel like it's a little too close to home to like talk about certain situations and I don't know I guess I've never been one to like I I mean I have put certain dates on blast but like I just I just do not have time for like the like bullshit and I can sense it and I don't always trust my gut at first because I'm like you know what I'm gonna give them a chance like they're probably this is no no they're not they're not any of that (laughs) like they're not any of that they don't they're not they're not into it so like cut it off at the cord the second cut it off, cut, cut your people off at the core. The second you feel them get weird, just over it. Bye. I know I'm being extremely vague because I just don't want to go too much in detail. Again, I feel like it's too weird and too soon. And, and, but 
we'll get there. Anyways, so let's like, let's talk about, let's switch it for me and let's talk about some things that have been recently in the headlines that like I have been dying to talk about. So you all know, if you've listened to this podcast before, that I'm a huge, huge, huge Batman Joker fan. Um, I have an entire episode dedicated to breaking down um, the different uh, the different Jokers, the different actors who played the Jokers, the different techniques, different, you know, the whole kind of personas that they played. I love it. I live it. I breathe it. I loved... Um, And I loved Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. It was probably, and again, I talk about that in one of my previous episodes. Go back and listen. Um, But I talk all about my experience of going to see that movie by myself and just like everything that I felt about it, everything I felt about Joaquin and just it, it filled me. It was so, so good. So um, the headlines recently have been, there is rumored talk that Lady Gaga is in talk to play Harley Quinn in Joker 2 with Joaquin Phoenix with um, Todd Phillips' script. And I just, I saw this, but I saw this on my phone. I screamed and like was, it was probably some of the most like emotion I have felt in so long. (laughs) Not not really, but it made me feel ways reading that headline. Okay. And so I know, so here's the issue that, that I know that a lot of people are having. Everyone loves Lady Gaga. Like Lady Gaga can do no wrong. Lady Gaga is starting to be put in a lot of these big roles. Like I know, okay, so I can't speak because I still have not seen House of Gucci or whatever it's called. Is it House of Versace? I know I should know, but I don't know. So I still have not seen whatever the house, I'm looking it up now, House of, and of course, whenever I'm on the podcast, I'm like trying to look something up. Oh, it was House of Gucci. Okay. So I have not seen House of Gucci. I heard it did not get very good reviews. However, I've never been a, I've never been a chick to listen to a review. Okay. I will watch a movie and I will watch a show and I'll get my own sense about it. And half the time I like things that the critics or people crap on. So there's that. So Gaga, honestly, Gaga proved huge, huge, huge when she was in Stars Born, right? And we all know Gaga has like she has she's got pipes okay she's she's amazing but I think people are starting to kind of like feel this like thing with her that she's getting in all these big roles and they're all these kind of like you know she's doing these accents and she's doing these different things now I'm not gonna lie to you I again I didn't see Gucci I heard clips of Lady Gaga's accent and I'm as a huge Lady Gaga stan and as a huge fan of her whatever she does wherever she does she can you know I don't care what she does. I'm sold and I'm in it just because I think she just, she just, she just like creativity and just brilliance. I feel like just comes out of her pores. I was not a big fan of her accent. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I was not a fan of the accent. It just felt very, um, it felt very fake Italian to me. And I don't know. I mean, I think that's how like the real Donatella I'm I'm totally mixing up Versace and Gucci. <laughs> Donatella Versace. I just think Pat- Patrizia. What's her? What's her? She was Parizia. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally getting everything mixed up. Wasn't a big fan. So long story short, wasn't a big fan of the accent. However, I think. Lady Gaga is quirky and she's weird and she's different and her voice. So what I've read about Joker 2 is that it is going to be, it's obviously going to be a musical, which I think is, 
scares me because I feel like we're walking a really fine line of like being really great and it could be really bad. I don't think it's, I don't believe it could be really bad at all. So the working title for the script that was posted, and I'm, I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's Joker and it's French and I, I don't, Folle Adois. And so I guess what the title means, it is, it's referencing a medical term for an identical or similar mental disorder that affects two or more individuals. And it says usually members of the same family. I don't think we're going to get anything there. I think that's just like in the article that I was reading in the Hollywood Reporter. I think they're just throwing that in there. But I, I do love already that it's referencing kind of like that like mental disorder. Because as we know, um, Joker meets... So Lady Gaga is rumored to play this new version of Harley Quinn. So as we know, this Joker takes place in a completely different DC universe than like we've seen before and which would mean that we would be seeing kind of a different Harley Quinn. Now the storyline of the Joker and Harley Quinn is he meets Harley Quinn is his psychiatrist as the Joker is living in the um, arc while he's away in prison. And so that's where Arkham Asylum, that's the official term. So, and they fall in love and then they become sidekicks, sidekicks and partner in crime and yada, yada, yada. The rest is history. So I just think Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga are both so bizarre on their own and in the best possible way that I think if they came together, I I honestly, I don't think if this were to happen, y'all, I don't think I'd be able to speak. I, I will be completely elated. I will, pr- I mean, I went and saw Joker by myself. I would probably need to go see this by myself. If this happens, I think this has the potential to be one of the best things to ever grace. I mean, I, I am a huge, like Joker was, I thought was beautiful. It was brutal. It was brilliantly, disturbingly beautiful. And one of the most crazy different types of, of a spin on on the Joker that we've ever seen, actually making it about a real mental disorder. So the possibilities for this is endless. The possibilities that it would be a musical, the possibilities that have Lady Gaga, the possible that, I mean, it and having it be dark and having it be just completely twisted and disturbing, but this love, I can't even begin to describe the feelings I have talking about this. It makes me so excited, guys. So I think, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is true. I'm hoping this is real. Something tells me that like this is just so big and I think this has, I think this has Gaga written all over it. And I I, I honestly, if somebody came and offered you the role of Harley Quinn um, across from Joaquin Phoenix, which I did not know this, but Joker grossed a billion dollars. Billion billion that is huge I forgot how big like how big of an opening and how well it did so this is just an opportunity I don't think Lady Gaga can pass up I think it's it's dark it's twisted and I mean it's every girl's dream to be Harley Quinn I mean not to be Harley Quinn but like if you're an actress and you get offered Harley Quinn and now like Margot Robbie did a great job right like she did a good job in Suicide Squad fine whatever but like we want to see a different I want to see a different Harley Quinn and I am so beyond I'm so beyond I like can't even talk about it so um that's on my radar that needs to be on all of our radars so let's stay tuned on that 
I want to dive into a couple of reviews that I, uh, a couple of things recently watched that I feel like is needs to be noted, talked about. So I know y'all, y'all know that I love the Kardashians. I love, 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 love. And I think I briefly on the last episode, I think we talked about Kravis, but I, I don't, I don't think the Kardashians had started yet. So the Kardashians now have their new show on Hulu, which like, duh, the second that Keeping Up with the Kardashians ended, like I had already like there was a couple days after when it ended with those like this huge like series finale and they're crying and they're saying goodbye to their crew. Literally like days later, it was one of the big one of the big headlines that the Kardashians had signed a contract with Disney and Hulu for like a new show. So it was like immediately knew that they were like not done. And so I was just I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this. So Kardashians came out with their new show on Hulu and it's like this whole kind of new spin it's very much the same kind of it's it's the same but it's not the same it's the same in the fact that it's a reality show but the way that they film it is completely different it's way more one they use a lot of it's very cool they use a lot of drones um, and it's way more documentary style so it's very much more in the moment and they break the fourth wall so like they will be in something and then they'll like start talking to the camera it's very much more real it's not doesn't feel as scripted and set up it's like their actual lives and not just like dumb things that they're going to do which I feel like they started to do a lot on like keeping up with the Kardashians like it's in their businesses it's it's in their homes like which it's it's showing more of like the relationships but it's way much more them and they have all the control and I am just like I am a pig in mud like smother some butter on me it is it is so good and it makes me love them even more and I will be a Kardashian stand till the day I die and I don't care I don't care I don't care it is great you see sides it just you just you just love them and honestly the fact that we're seeing like Courtney and Travis together and I do believe that we're going to see Pete in this next season I think that's what they were teasing at the end of at the end of the show I love it I honestly love it and I can't get enough of it and I wish the episodes were like two hours long that's how much I love it like it's just it's just so good and it just makes you love like I think this season has made me love Kim so much more and have just I mean, I are, I have always respected her, but like, I'm just, ooh. so I've been loving that. A big fan of that. Two of the things I have been like loving and I'm not watching like a ton, like I'm not binging a ton of TV anymore just because like, it's just all, there's just too much and it's not all good. So I'm really just like picking and choosing what I'm watching a lot more now. Um, I'm reading way, 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 way more now than I have in like years. I've already read like nine books since I've got my Kindle just recently and like just dive. So like I'm very much balancing what I'm doing, but I'm still still consuming. Don't worry. We're still consuming content to talk about, but it's just very different. I'm just not watching every show on the face of the earth, but Stranger Things came out and I have watched Stranger Things and I've been waiting for Stranger Things and I know Stranger Things can kind of be for me like it's really good and I think the artistry is really good and I think the acting is really good however I can kind of space out during some of the episodes so that being said Stranger Things just released volume one of their season four season four a couple weeks it's July so it was they, when they released the first one May and then the second one comes out in July. 
Anyways, so the first so the first part of season four was six episodes and crazy. I'm, I like love how they did this. All of the episodes are like over an hour long. The last episode of volume four is like an hour and a half. They're literally like movies. The quality of production, the acting, the I mean the cast, like the sets. It is such a like I know that the budget on the show now it seems like just so insanely high that they're doing like literally like these feature length episodes. It was so good. The quality was good. The storyline has been really great. I don't want to give too too much away. However, um, it is a different you know we're dealing with a different villain this time. It still is a villain that is coming from the gargoyle game or whatever they play the Dungeon and Dragons game. However. The storyline, and I keep saying storyline, <laughs> this storyline and how they build this villain in this season is quite honestly one of the coolest, coolest things I have ever seen. And I didn't expect it. And the how they did it and the character and the different, it, it, it's just, it's some really, really great television. And I am jacked for volume two. I cannot wait. Apparently there's an episode that's like two hours and something. Um, but we're, I mean, we're going into battle. We are going into battle. L is going into battle. The whole gang's going into the battle. So if you're looking for something to watch and you can sit, I mean, and I, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to warn you, like the episodes are long, but they're good. If you can get past episode one and two and not get past them because they're entertaining and we have some new characters that they're bringing into the show, um, which is fun. But I mean, and it, it, it gets started pretty fast with like the action. Um, it is very dark. This show is dark, but this season is very dark. Um, there's a lot more death and it's a little bit more... Uh, it's just very underworld and it's just, it, but, but it's always been that way. It's always been that way. So, um, yeah, I was just so, imp- I mean, I, I like couldn't, I couldn't stop watching and volume two comes out in a couple of days. And I mean, it looks freaking epic. There's a song, um, running uphill. You have to watch it, but it was just one of those cases where like it brought back this song that came out in the eighties. And now the like lady who wrote this song is like grossing like an insane amount of money because like everyone's streaming it now. And it's been like years and years since when it first came out anyways. Um, really good. So I've been like, I've been, I was very, very impressed with volume one of stranger things. Something else that recently came out that I like watched one night and I could not believe how good it was. So Adam Sandler came out with his new movie on Netflix called Hustle, and it's a basketball movie. Now, Adam Sandler has come out with other movies on Netflix in the past, but they've been those dumb, cheesy Adam Sandler kind of comedy movies. This is a drama, so we're kind of, it's, it's, it's not Uncut Gems, and you all know how I feel about Uncut Gems. Talked about it on this podcast when it first came out. It was one of like the worst movies I thought I ever saw in my entire life. It like gave me a headache, and I hated every minute of it, and I know that that was like the purpose of the directors and like the writers, but like literally hated that movie. Um, Hustle was probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Adam Sandler was spectacular. And it is a story of he is, Adam Sandler is this uh, sports agent and like recruiter. And he's worked, he's worked for like the 60, crap, not the 69ers. 76ers the 76ers 
and the owner, the head, the kind of old, the old chap, the old man who's been like at the helm of the 76ers uh, calls Adam Sandler in to like Adam Sandler's in his 50s. He's been doing this a while. You can tell he's tired. He's got a wife and kid at home and he's he's tired of being on the road recruiting and he really wants to coach. So he finally gets his call and um, the owner of the team wants him to come on and be the assistant coach. Well, shortly after, well, I guess I really don't want to, I don't want to, I'm trying to be better about spoiling because like, not that I ever cared about spoiling before. I would always let you know, but like, I want people to actually watch it. So something, you know, there's things get shaken up. Long story short, Sandler has to go back and he's, um, he has to go back and start recruiting while he is going ahead, going head to head with the owner's son, who's like an ass. And he's played by Ben Foster, who I actually love Ben Foster. And I always love when Ben Foster's movies always plays kind of like a psycho nutty. Um, and he hasn't been a lot recently, which makes me sad because I think he's so good. Um, and he's kind of a jerk off. So Adam Sandler is trying to find like trying to find the next best thing. And he stumbles upon this, this kid playing street ball and he's hustling people for money and uh he's from Spain and he there's just a lot you know he's this tall he's this big he's like this super freak he's tatted up but there's 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 a lot there's a lot beneath the surface and it's just this heart I mean it's heartwarming it's funny the acting is so good the story is so good it's a redemption story and it was I mean, I, I know it was, it was the Bengals going to the Super Bowl that lit this, like, lit this, like, slight inside of me where I'm just like, I mean, after the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, I was getting my hands on all kind of sports. I mean, this is coming from a girl who, like, you couldn't even, like, I mean, it was not my thing. Loved going to sporting events for, like, you know, throwing back some drinks and, like, yelling and having a great time. But, like, I am, I have to say it, I love watching, I love watching sports. I can't believe I would ever say that in my life, but I do. I do. So after the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, it was like, I'm like a changed woman. I mean, I was, I watched every season of Latch Chance U football and I started the basketball, couldn't get enough of it. I just like love, I think it's because I have the mentality myself and like, I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to like beat myself. And like, I feel like that's very much like the, you know, the athlete, that's like an athlete mindset that you could always be better. You can always be better. Like you're working, working, working. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just like obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. So I absolutely loved Hustle. I mean, would watch it again, loved it so much. And Adam Sandler was incredible in it. And I'm just like, just was so happy for him that it was just how good it was. So highly recommend Hustle on Netflix. You will not regret it. It is such a great movie. My God, it is so good. And it'll get you jacked. Get you jacked. Y'all... This has been such a delight and such a treat, and I hope you've enjoyed this. We will be back, uh, as always, Mad Yet Mighty Mondays are, uh, will be back, and I'm going to be pushing myself to pump out episodes and to stay par of the course, and that's just what we're doing, and that's what we're here for, and yeah, so I hope you have a fantastic week, and I'm actually, while you're listening to this, I will be in key west florida so when we come back i will um we'll be chatting about that and uh yeah love it so this has been mad yet mighty i'm your host megan cipolloni and i will talk to you next time Mm